Hi, I'm Vogue Williams, your host for Taboo Talk, the new podcast from Boots that asks the taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to. Here at Taboo Talk, we love being able to include listener questions whenever we can. So we have conducted an Instagram call out before recording this episode and we were blown away by how many of you responded. And we'd like to say a massive thanks to everyone who did reply. And I'm delighted to report that I was able to sit down with Dr. Stephanie Uwe to answer the most common questions that we received. Dr. Stephanie, aka the GP mum on Instagram, focuses on women's health and has spoken openly about going through IVF herself. So let's get started. Thank you so much for joining us on Taboo Talk, Dr. Stephanie. And if it's all right with you, I'm just going to launch straight in with some of the questions. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Endless questions, by the way. I've never, like I've done call-outs before and I have never gotten so many questions in my entire life. A lot of people wanted to say... um, Anonymous, everyone's anonymous, by the way. Mm -hmm. So these were the top kind of questions. Uh, What is the truth around ageing and decreasing fertility in both men and women? And is there a certain age when fertility significantly drops? So, yeah, really, really common question. Um, What we know about fertility is that it does decrease as we get older. Um, And that's the truth for men and women. In terms of women... We know that women are most fertile before the age of 30. Um, After that, it does start to decline a little bit. And then after 35, it can drop a little bit more significantly as well. And for men, again, as you, um, the key thing with men is sperm quality. Those kind of little swimmers, they're really important. Um, And again, that's something that can be affected as men are older, um, but to a lesser extent than women. But if you've got a male partner and um, he's over 40 and you're trying to conceive, then it might be a little bit more difficult. Um, I know that all of that all of those stats and things can can sound a little bit disheartening because uh, you know people are generally having children a little bit later um, depending on various life situations it's just might not be possible might not be something that people are thinking about so it c- can be a little bit more difficult after those ages but it's still possible to yeah. fall pregnant it's kind of nice to hear that it happens to men too I feel like it really lands on women oh, yeah. about fertility and it's like a, a real stress that I feel like has come around way quicker than I thought it ever was. I I know growing up that like we never thought about it. And then all of a sudden, like when we got to 25, it's like, oh, do I need to get my fertility checked? And everyone's kind of worried about it and everybody is talking about it now. Why do you think everybody talks about it? I think because it actually affects so many people. So there's just, the statistic is one in seven couples or people will actually experience infertility mm. um, in their lifetime. So actually, if you think about your group of friends or family, there and you might not even know, but there might be people who are going through that. And so it's actually really common. I think that, as I said before, you know, because we know about the link between fertility and age, people are having families a little bit later. Um, it's just becoming more common. And also people, I don't know, we were saying before, like th- things like social media, I think that people who are going through it, um, some people have huge platforms and they're incredibly brave and honest and will share their story. And so I think that almost empowers other people, gives them permission to say, do you know what, actually, I'm going through this too and I'm going to talk about it as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, especially as a, you know, interesting to have gone through the whole journey as a health professional, but also just as a person, um, I think it's brilliant that people are talking about it a lot more. Yeah, definitely. Um, This is one I actually was kind of concerned about for myself. Um, Does hormonal contraception methods such as the pill and the coil impact fertility further down the line? 
Yeah. So again, really common question. I think there's lots of misinformation online and you know people may have anecdotal stories here and there. But actually, if you look at the evidence, there is no long-term impact on fertility associated with any of the hormonal uh, or any of the contraceptive methods. Um, the only caveat to that, though, would be that once you stop the hormonal contraception, so if you're stopping the uh, coil, for example, uh, if you take, have the coil taken out, if you stop the pill, you may notice that it takes a few months, roughly a few months for your cycle to return back to normal. Um, so obviously during that time, it might be difficult to get pregnant, but long term, there is no impact. But if you have stopped uh, some form of contraception and you have noticed that your cycle's still just not back to normal after a few months, then that's another time to go and have a chat with your GP. Yeah, I was on the pill for 17 years and then went off it. And actually what you're saying is is right. Like I, because I, I was so worried about that. And then it was just fine. After yeah. a few months, your period goes back to normal, which was very good after yeah. being on it for so long. I know. <laughs> um, there's lots and lots of questions surrounding this. Um, at what age should somebody consider freezing their eggs? Yes. So... Great question. Um, I'm glad that we're talking about this as well, because I think people should know that it is an option. Um, there's no specific age where I would say, you know, if you get to 25 and, you know, you should think about doing it. But I guess reflecting on what we've spoken about, knowing what we know about fertility and age, I guess the best biological advice would be that everyone should have their families completed before the age of 35. Now, obviously, that is not possible, <laughs> right? There are so many reasons why that would not happen. That's not real life. So I guess it's more about taking a step back and thinking about your life situation. And if you are keen on having a family in the future, and maybe that's not something you can see happening uh, for a few years or so, then yeah, of course, egg freezing is, is a brilliant option. And actually, what we know is that when we are born, we have all of the eggs that we will ever have. Um, and every month we ovulate. And as you get older, the number of eggs will potentially, will, will they will decrease. Um, and also the eggs themselves will get older. And egg quality is something that is really important for fertility. So when we're thinking about egg freezing, if you, it's kind of the... If you can do it a little bit earlier, then it's better. It's not a problem if it is a little bit later. But if the thought comes into your mind, it's come into your mind for a reason. So act on it, do some research, um, have a chat with your GP or a fertility expert. And for somebody who is having fertility problems, maybe who's trying to conceive, when do you think that they should go and look into speaking to an expert? So when you, in terms of the NHS guidance, it kind of depends on the age of the female um, and also how long you've been trying. So if you are under 36 years old and you have been trying for more than 12 months, um, so by trying, it's having regular sexual intercourse every two to three days. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> right. For a year? Yeah, for a year. Oh, God, you'd be wrecked. For a year. I, don't, I mean, I have no idea how people, you know, after you, when you're trying for the second child, when you've already got a child, know, how is that even possible? But yes, if you've been trying for more than 12 months, then go and see your GP. If you're over the age of 36, that time actually shortens to six months. Okay. Um, and also, if you know that you have had any gynecological problems in the past, or you've got PCOS or endometriosis, for example, you've had previous pelvic surgery, anything like that, Again, um, go, you can go and speak to your GP at any time. And for the male, again, you know, thinking, really thinking about male fertility, they're really important too, like you mentioned earlier. Um, if they have any known genital problems, anything like that, then again, have a chat with the GP. 
Now something, this isn't a question from a listener, it's just actually from somebody I know who froze their eggs. Um, I heard that if you freeze your eggs that are unfertilised, there's a way less chance of you being able to fertilise them after you like defrost them, say, okay, and use them. Yeah, you should, st- I mean, egg freezing is such... It's been around for a while and the techniques that they have used have been really refined. So actually, it's a really, it's a reliable process to do. Um, and when you defrost them, um, there is no reason why you wouldn't be able to go and fertilise them um, like with any other method. Okay, well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, do lifestyle choices such as diet and exercise affect fertility? So, yes, I mean, there are multiple things that will affect fertility. So we've mentioned some of them already. So uh, diet, um, exercise, but also smoking, for example, alcohol intake, uh, weight. And those things apply to both men and women as well. So if you are trying to conceive, it is a good idea to have a think about these things, maybe take a step back and just see if anything can be altered. And the advice that the NHS gives is, you know, you want to try and optimise all of these things before you start trying to conceive. I suppose for me as someone who went through uh, IVF and the whole journey, whilst these things are really important, I think if anyone is listening and they're in this situation, I don't want them to feel guilty um, because, you know, it's really there's so much on your plate already. You're going through so much. I think that it's easy to think, oh, well, you know, it's it's my fault and I it's because I'm not eating well enough and it's because I had that coffee yesterday or something like that. It's really easy to beat yourself up about it. So, yes, I completely agree that these things are important, but even if you optimise all of these things, it is possible that you may still have difficulty. You know, it's it's unli- yeah. unlikely. I hope people don't. But, yeah, I just I guess for me, from a personal point of view, that was an important thing to, to kind of bring up. Yeah, I feel like that you can sometimes stress yourself out as well, just worrying about that. And even like sometimes it's a hard journey to go through. So definitely people shouldn't beat themselves up over that. Yeah. Other things like height, weight and body shape, do they play a role? So the thing that height and weight will um, be associated with is your body mass index or your BMI. So generally, again, the guidance is that we should aim to have a BMI of under 30. Um, So that will be your kind of height, that will include your height and weight measurements. Um, But again, it's it's a single factor. And also uh, weight as well is, is such a complex issue as well. You know, it's not easy to just say, well, you need to Get, make sure that your BMI is under 30 and, you know, yeah. just, just do it because, um, like I said, there are, a lot, there are a lot of factors involved in that as well. But if we're talking about NHS guidance, then, yeah, ideally we want um, BMI under 30. Okay. Um, can fertility be hereditary or genetic? Yeah, so I thought this was a really interesting yeah. question. Um, I guess there's no specific fertility gene, let's say, that's like passed down between generations. But we do know that there are certain conditions, um, which I think we're, touching on a little bit later, like endometriosis or PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, which can, we do know, can affect fertility. Um, So those can sometimes run in families. So, yeah, I I guess indirectly, um, if you do have those conditions that can run in families, then potentially um, you may notice that you have difficulty conceiving as well. Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, This is an interesting one. I actually really wanted to know the answer of this. Um, Does the COVID vaccination have an impact on fertility? The short answer is no. 
Uh, I think there were lots of theories that were spouted about saying, well, if you have immunity to the spike protein on the virus, then you won't be able to conceive and the implantation won't be possible. But that's not true at all. So if you've heard that, that's completely incorrect. If you look at the studies, there weren't any specific studies looking at fertility specifically, but looking retrospectively at all of the women who um, who had the vaccine, you can see that some there were lots of spontaneous pregnancies as well. So if the vaccine had caused a problem with fertility, then those pregnancies wouldn't have happened. So there is more data that is becoming available, but absolutely no evidence to suggest that it affects fertility. It's nice to know that it doesn't affect that. Um, What advice would you give to someone living with PCOS or endometriosis who is worried about their fertility? So, yes, yeah, so as I said earlier, you know, that potentially it could, you, know, you, you may find that it takes you a little bit longer to conceive or that you may end up needing some sort of assistance further down the line. If you're worried at all about it, then have a chat with your GP. When we think about those two different conditions, there's no specific cure for either condition, but there are lots of treatments that are available to um, help. And I would say that actually, first off, even if you're not thinking about trying to conceive, um, if you've got any symptoms or you are struggling, then please go and see your GP because there's plenty that can be done about it. Um, thinking about the actual individual conditions, so endometriosis, it's when you find um, tissue that's similar to the lining of the womb and it's deposited in other areas outside the uterus. So you will get very irregular probably very heavy, painful periods, and that can affect fertility. Now, 70, the statistic is 70% of people with mild or moderate endometriosis will still be able to fall pregnant um, naturally without any assistance. So that is really reassuring. And it basically tells us that um, the severity of the endometriosis and also how many different deposits of uh, tissue there is outside the womb um, is implicated in fertility. Um, but there is you know, plenty that can be done about it. And polycystic ovarian syndrome is when you, um, you're, you don't ovulate as regularly. Um, and so, again, it can be difficult to conceive if you're not releasing an egg every month. But again, there are lots of treatments um, that can help to stimulate ovulation. So I guess the bottom line is have a go. There's no reason why you can't start trying to conceive. Have a chat with your GP. And then if it looks like there are month, you know, the months are passing and um, haven't had any luck yet, then it may be an indication um, that you need a little bit more help. Yeah, I actually got diagnosed with PCOS and it was after Theodore when we were trying for the next one. Yeah, do you know what? I think just pregnancy as well, it can just, it has the, people do notice that their cycles after pregnancy are just can, can be really different. Periods can be heavier, yeah. um, longer, a little bit more irregular as well. And whilst that can certainly be normal, I think that if you're struggling with any of the symptoms or any of the things worry you then you know no problem having a chat with your GP. I always think it's interesting though to go and because I know somebody as well who's quite young and she's talking about her fertility and I think if you're thinking about it go and speak to a fertility expert Mm -hmm. and maybe go and get checked and see like what your egg count is and everything and your own peace of mind it is nice to go and speak to somebody as well. Yeah I think so and I think that again just having this conversation whilst some of the things that we talk about may sound disheartening Mm. I think also it's just having the knowledge isn't it and empowering people to think okay well actually I want to go and check this out or maybe this is something that I do need to think about a little bit earlier Um, and it just gives people more options as well 
And is it true that, uh, like, so if you're in the perfect scenario, you're in your perfect time of getting pregnant and everything like that, is there only a 20% chance of actually getting pregnant at that time? So 84% of couples yeah. will conceive within 12 months. That statistic then goes up to 92% after two years. So actually the majority of people will actually fall pregnant after a year. But bearing in mind, and I always say this to people, is that that statistic includes falling pregnant in the first month and falling pregnant in the last month. So, you know, it's a be a huge variation. I know, you know, that makes it sound like it should happen straight away. Um, And actually, when you're trying to get pregnant, like every month can just seem like so long. Um, But yeah, actually, the majority of couples will will conceive in um, one to two years. Well, that's not too bad. Um, What help is on offer for people struggling to conceive and who is it available for? For example, is IVF something people should look into? There are so many different treatment options at the moment. Um, And when we're thinking about PCOS, uh, you know, like you mentioned, there are more simpler methods, let's say, where you can um, take uh, tablets to stimulate ovulation. And then um, there's IVF, which is probably the, you'll probably build up to that you may try a few different methods beforehand there are things like intrauterine or artificial insemination uh, where you actually have sperm inserted into the uterus to try and encourage conception but then IVF is kind of in vitro fertilization so IVF or in vitro fertilization is basically where you collect eggs and you fertilize them with sperm outside of the uterus and then once it's fertilized that creates an embryo and then you pop that back into the uterus so there are like I said, lots of different treatment options available. Um, and I think it's brilliant, actually. It's just such a feat of science that these are even possible. And if yeah. you think about egg freezing as well, like... It's amazing. It's know, fascinating. The, yeah, the actual thought. It's not, you know, they're microscopic. You can't see yeah. them. In my head, you know, you're opening a fridge and there's just, you know, eggs there. But obviously, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what the labs look like. So, yeah, for me, it's just absolutely Would it incredible. literally just be like a little test tube? Yeah, like <clears> small, like it's in like, in a, like a pipette, like a little glass that's thing that I think they keep it in. Um, yeah, just just incredible. So, again, from a personal perspective, just very grateful that this science and technology even exists because whilst it's a huge physical and mental thing and financial, potentially yeah. financial thing to go through, um, it's, yeah, it, it's incredible because it can give you a little baby, which is, which is amazing. Um, but in terms of... Uh, who is eligible for what the national guidance is that if you are over the age of 40 and you've been trying for more than 12 months then sorry under the age of 40 and if you've been trying for over two years to try and get pregnant you are eligible for three full cycles of IVF on the NHS Um, and then for women who are 40 to 42 that's reduced to one cycle The difficulty is, though, and I know that a lot of people are trying to campaign to change this, is that there's no blanket rules. It's all of the decisions about who is eligible for funding through the NHS is all made locally. Um, And so that can differ. So I think that's what can be tricky because someone in uh, this all applies to England and Wales, by the way. So someone, you know, up in, um, you know, in Wales and someone in London, um, they might get different treatment um so that's the the tricky thing um and there might be other factors that they will take into consideration like um your life like lifestyle factors for example like smoking and alcohol and also if you've got any previous children 
Um, So it's with the NHS and with with funding on the NHS, um, it's definitely available, but there are more specific criteria. Obviously, you can also pursue fertility treatment privately, um, but that has a huge financial impact as well. And you know, an average cost of an IVF cycle will probably be about £5,000, you know, so that is not something that is going to be um, available to everyone. And uh, it doesn't always happen the first time, right? Well, exactly, exactly. So, you know, there's there's a lot to, a lot to think about, a lot to consider as well. Um, but if it is something that you are you know, thinking about you want to know more questions, you know, would you be eligible then again, yeah, have a I feel like I'm always just saying have a chat with your GP. But you know, yeah. your GP is a really good source of information. If you're thinking about looking at fertility clinics as well, there's an authority called the HFEA, so the Human Fertilization and Embryo Authorization, and they've got lots of different data um about all of the fertility clinics in the UK as well. Well as you said, knowledge is power and I think if yeah. anyone is feeling like they might be having issues or like they could run into issues, go and get checked out and go and speak to somebody and speak to your GP. They're there for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. And um, um, hopefully there's always something that can be done for someone. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. That was a great chat. My pleasure. Again, if you do feel that you need support with any of the issues raised in this episode, please be reassured that it is available. You can contact your GP for advice on next steps regarding possible conception support, fertility treatment and also mental health support. Please see our show notes for mental health support services regarding this subject. And it is really important to speak to someone if you find yourself struggling. Finally, if you have enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate if you'd rate, review and subscribe because it makes a big difference in helping to spread the word. Thank you and goodbye for now.